Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Folks, back from vacation. Back from vacation. Happy to have him here with us as always. Thursday Coast re- resumes in the person of founder of the largest online progressive community, Marcos Melitzis. Hey, buddy. Welcome back. How are you? Love, yeah. love the background, folks. We're in the, those of you who are going to be able to see the video, we are in the music room, in the piano room in Marcos' house. And he is uh, doing, you've been doing some composing, haven't you? Uh, I do my whole life. Since I started playing piano, I've written music. So it's definitely, uh, but this is not my music room. This is my living room. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a big enough house to have a dedicated music room. So I literally, this house was, uh, I built it. I rebuilt this house from scratch, basically. And in the architectural specs, I had a, it was required that there be a piano space. Okay. So this is one of my main priorities, along with things like kitchens and bedrooms. Well, you didn't have to say that. Nobody would have known you didn't have a music room. So we could have just (laughs) (laughs) it out. (laughs) Um, But so first of all, man, we have not talked since the vice presidential pick. So your reaction when you heard it was Kamala was your immediate reaction. 
the immediate reaction was that that was the safest, best move for him to make. And quite honestly, at that point, I didn't know who else it could have been. So it was, it was sort of the obvious logical choice and it's a good choice. And it's been interesting to see how Republicans sort of tried to attack her for a day or two. The Republican National Committee and Trump threw some random stuff and then they just forgot about her. Mm. And because they really don't have, I, they just don't have anything against either of them. But now you're looking at the convention and they barely mention Harris. It's all about yeah, it's interesting. By, Biden being captive to the left. They can't even say Biden is the left, right? So they have to make up this captive to the left stuff. They're flailing. And uh, it's it's definitely, I think it's definitely working out really great for, for Biden and for the Democrats. So I'm very pleased overall with how that rolled out, how that played out. So we've talked about this before. And, and I think in general, your opinion was that, or your analysis was that, running mates don't make that much of an appreciable difference. Yeah. But I'm going to revisit that with you again. Um, is that still your position or do you think that she brings anything? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, looking at the reaction, I think there was a more enthusiastic response to Kamala from the women's base of the party and then not only African-American, but across this color spectrum. I mean, I'm hearing from Asian women, you know, women of all kinds. So I, I think that that there is no longer, if there was an enthusiasm gap from women, I think it's been erased. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I look at just data-wise what it does for tickets over the last several cycles. And it... it vice presidential nominees don't really move numbers. And right now we're not seeing in the civics data, we're not seeing any movement in the head to head against Trump. We're not seeing any real movement amongst any demographic groups. Young people are coming along, but they've been coming along for a while now. It's been a slow, steady process. That's Joe Biden's weakest demographic are young voters. Uh, but all in all, it really, it, it's, you know, had had it been Elizabeth Warren, you would have seen some celebration on the, you know, on the more left spectrum of the party. If it was, um, I don't know, um, Susan Rice, people would have been like, yeah, you know, it would have been a nice polite clap. It's, uh, this, it's, a, it's a conversation for the moment. And obviously we live in this sort of political world of micro cycles. And so we need something to talk about. And so um, there was, there was a lot of celebration, which was nice to see. There was some grumbling from some people on the, on the, uh, on the justice, social justice uh, left complaining about our records of prosecutor, but that was, it was fairly minor and it was actually more muted than I expected, which I, again, I was happy to see. I think people seem to have their priorities straight as we move into November. Uh, as in sort of let's have those ideological battles. If we must have them, we can have them after the election. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't think it makes a difference. What it does is it communicates that uh, one, it was high time for a woman vice president. And Mark, if you remember, Kamala was always my vice presidential choice, right? <laughs> I didn't have Biden at the top of the ticket, but I always had Harris as number two. Right. So, um, so I got 50% of my wish list uh 
panned out. But uh, what it did also, it, it um, obviously it was time for women. And this party, our party is a party of women. Um, yeah. Men really, you know, we're a minority of this party. Uh, but also uh, it was the black voters who brought Joe Biden. Joe Biden would be nowhere without black votes. Um, in the primary, he was broke. Nobody was paying any attention to him. He wasn't drawing any crowds. And black voters said, you know what? This election's too freaking important for us to risk dealing with America's latent racism and sexism. We're going to pick the old white guy that everybody knows. And yeah, he's not lighting up any fires or anything, but he's the safe choice. And while I may quibble with the choice, and we have before, Mark, um, it seems it was the right choice. Um, Biden continues to sport really big leads. Trump is doing nothing to close that gap. In fact, as we're seeing in this convention, he's just doubling down on his on his sort of crazy base. And uh, we're Joe Biden may be the most charmed man in politics, not in his life, obviously, but in politics at this point because his weaknesses have always been his sort of the gaff machine, and he doesn't have to campaign. He had a virtual primary, uh, virtual convention, so he didn't have to deal with protesters inside and outside the convention. Um, he gets to have a campaign that sort of coasts on the fact that this is a referendum on Trump, and he can sort of quietly sit on the on the sideline watching Trump every single day, sort of dig himself deeper into a hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I I think you're right, but. What are the latest numbers look like that you've been examined? I mean, I know you say we can't get comfortable and we should, but never get comfortable. Are you seeing anything that, if doesn't make us comfortable, ought to still comfort us somewhat, give us some optimism? Well, I've I've been saying from the beginning that we're winning this election, and I know liberals hate to hear that because after two thousand sixteen, nobody nobody wants to go through another one of those election nights where you're thinking good things are going to happen and then they don't. Um, We saw these electoral shifts mainly in the suburbs in 2018 when Democrats picked up 41 House seats, 38 of the 41 in suburban districts. Nothing has changed since with those dynamics. And so as the big demographic shift, you know, I've been saying this for the last three years, has been college-educated suburban white women. They are what's the difference between Republicans being in charge and Democrats being in charge. Now we need our core base to turn out and we can maximize those, uh, those, um, that electoral margin. But really the reason we're, we won the House, the reason we're on track to win the Senate is because of suburban white women. Uh, we're all in this thing together. We all need to do all that we need to do to, to turn out and vote, of course. But when you look at the presidential, you still have buying up eight, nine points nationally, not a national election. We, we learned that the hard way in 2000 and in 2016. But if you look at the core seven battleground states, which is Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, Joe Biden is up in every single one of those states, including Georgia and Florida, where the leads are two to three points, not huge leads. Georgia shouldn't even really be competitive quite yet. And Florida is Florida. Florida, (laughs) we know about Florida. Florida is always going to be a a toss-up. But in those other states, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, right now, they're not even close. 
Donald Trump has pulled out of Michigan. He's not even spending money in Michigan anymore. Uh, Arizona is a comfortable Biden lead. And that's just the, you know, you get those states. Uh, Joe Biden has 330, 340 electoral votes, right? So he's already got a solid victory. But on top of that, Iowa is tied. Ohio is tied. Texas is a slight um, Trump lead. And we've seen polling, including our own civics numbers, that show that Montana and Alaska are in play. Now, who cares? Montana, Alaska, three electoral votes each. They're not going to decide anything. But it just shows how deep the dissatisfaction with Trump is that we're even considering Montana and Alaska as battleground states. And both of those states have critical Senate races that are gonna, that are gonna um, have a huge impact on how big of a margin Democrats are gonna have in the Senate. So it does matter down ballot that Biden is competitive, even if he doesn't need those states to win the presidency. So you know what I'm losing sleep over these days though, Marcos? Tell me. The post office. Oh. It really kind of has hit me. And I had to go to the post office the other day. And a lot of people post office are pretty personable. I had to buy some stamps and send some express mail. It was supposed to arrive the next day. It never arrived. Even though the tracking information online said it was delivered. The recipient had to call her local post office and go pick it up. I mean, that's how messed up the post office is. I had some other stuff go out. I don't know how you I don't know how you mail stuff, but everything's messed up. So yeah. I asked the clerk, I said, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. And this was one of the days that DeJoy was testifying. I said, so are the machines going to come back? She said, no. And she said, sir, this thing is a whole mess. It is really bad. And it just really kind of hit me that I'm really worried about this man. Um, and what's interesting, and I know you've written about it, as many Republicans as Democrats vote by mail, maybe even more, I'm not sure. So I don't know how that helps him either. But this post office thing is a mess. Yeah, it's, we just saw numbers out of, out of uh, Pennsylvania where the request for vote by mail ballots is running in a realm of 75% Democratic, 25% Republican. Hmm. Uh, about a third of those are people who have never voted before. So this is a state that Trump won by 30,000 votes. And you're looking at just in the early vote by mail requests, you're looking at a Democratic margin of a hundred and some thousand votes, right? Just even at the very beginning. So. This is the Democratic uh, turnout machine is heavily geared towards vote by mail for the, all the obvious reasons, right? I mean, there's not enough voting machines in, in urban districts, the COVID pandemic, uh, nobody wants to wait in line anymore, et cetera, et cetera. This is what Donald Trump is freaking out about. When he sees numbers like that, it just stiffens his resolve to destroy the post office. So no doubt about that. That said, we have to vote early. I mean, the votes are, um, I mean, ballots, mail is getting delivered. It's just taking forever. If you're shipping baby chickens, you're, in, you're not, in, you know, it's not a good place to be where you have to ship. But if we vote early, don't dally, don't procrastinate, get that ballot in early, or most states have drop-off locations, county courthouses, 
uh, city halls and so on. I know California does that. So I will be, uh, I actually drop my, I, I vote early uh, here in California. I actually go on election day and I put it in the box. It just makes me feel better to put that ballot in the box. So there's ways that we can do that, whether it's just dropping it up in the box, using drop-off locations or voting very, 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 very early. Now, the post office has made very clear that if everybody voted, uh, you're talking about, you know, um, 120 million people voted in 2016. They sh the post office ships more items than that every single day. So you're talking a very small percentage of the USPS's capacity would be ballots. Now it is clear Trump and his and his and his cronies, his puppets, are doing everything possible to undermine the post office. It's just another roadblock that they place, just like they make it harder to vote in urban pre precincts, just like they try to purge the voter rolls. This is what they do. We have to work harder to vote. That is the unfortunate uh, side effect of losing elections at the state level and losing elections at the federal level is that they create these roadblocks for us. And we just have to work harder and smarter to get around them. And, and like I said, one of the ways we do that is just vote early. And so you don't have to worry about the post office delivering the ballot in three days. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess that is the answer. Well, I, I hope so. Um, but I mean, I suspect they're still probably going to try to implement some other crazy magnitudes oh, between no them. No doubt. Um, yeah. So, but even with that, we probably won't know on November 3rd, will we? Um, no, no. And we really need to get away from this mindset that we'll tune in and we'll immediately know who won the election on November 3rd. Um, the rush to vote by mail is so skewed towards Democrats right now that we may technically not even know who won New York on election night. Rep Trump may actually win the election day vote in New York a state that Biden's going to win by 35 points. That's how skewed the vote by mail numbers are. So we know for a fact that Donald Trump and the Republicans are going to stop, try to stop the vote after election night. They're going to go to the courts and they're going to, they're going to demand that the vote count stop. And uh, they've already said so. We don't even have to guess at this. This is going to be one of their strategies. So obviously our side is lawyer, lawyering up as well. Uh, can we trust the Supreme Court? It's scary. That That's what keeps me up at night, Mark. Not so much the post office, but the Supreme Court. That said, John Roberts seems to be completely done with, with Donald Trump and has literally stymied Trump in every single high-profile case the last two terms. Um, so there is, at least in that regard, I think I have some hope that that if it even got to the Supreme Court, that uh, they would put a stop to it. But that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to stop the vote count. And it's going to take a while. And in some states that aren't used to doing vote by mail, it's going to take longer. And here's the thing is that, again, states that are battleground states with Republican legislatures, which is all of them. Uh, you know, we have some governorships and secretary of state's offices. But the 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 legislatures are all Republican in every battleground state. 
Um, they have refused to provide the funding for these election offices to process ballots over time, right? So they're doing this on purpose. Again, everything they do is on purpose. They don't want their states to have the man uh, and woman power to count those votes so that it drags out longer, which then gives Trump and Republicans more of a, of a pretext that the vote is getting stolen or that Republicans or uh, Democrats are stealing the vote and then to try to put a stop to that vote. And ultimately, even if we count everything and even if uh, it's as fair of an election as we can get, they can then walk around and pretend that it all got stolen because they want to delegitimize any result anyway, no even if they have to lose it. Yeah, they want to make sure that their crowd thinks that it wasn't a real election. So even if Joe Biden wins outright, will still be stuck with Donald Trump and his drama. Um, you know, and then I've even heard the rumor that he tried to run again in 2024. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if it's a rumor. I know I've been saying it flat out. I don't see how he goes away, particularly if he convinces himself that it was stolen. Um, and if it's not him, it's going to be Don Jr. or Eric or Ivanka. Like, they all think they're going to be president. Every single one of them thinks they're going to be president. So uh, there's going to be a Trump somewhere on the ballot for the next foreseeable future. And I don't, I don't see uh, how the Republican base doesn't keep pulling the, the, the lever for, for Trump, you know, for, for Trump family members. And, and Nikki Haley at the convention thinks she's going to be president. And um, uh, um, Rand Paul thinks he's going to be president. All these people that are speaking at the at the uh, Republican National Convention think they're going to be president someday. But they all have to contend with the Trump family, and they think they're a they're, they think they're a dynasty. I mean, your job to stop the Trump dynasty, Marcos. That's what we need you to do. Me, yeah. us, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I. I you know, it's, it's, what's funny about this all is, is that um, the reason Republicans are in trouble electorally, the reason they got wiped out in 2018, we don't have to, we don't have to guess at this anymore. It already happened in 18, and those trends, trends still exist today. The reason is because those college-educated suburban white women looked at Trump, looked at his racism, sexism, his bullying, and they were, they are like, we don't want any part of this. This is not what we're teaching our kids. This is horrible. And Trump has sort of doubled down on that. And the Trump kids, you watch them, that's, that's what they did. I mean, Eric Trump and, and Trump Jr., Don Jr., uh, and, and uh, Guilfoyle, how do you, I don't know how you pronounce her name, that, that, whatever that was. I mean, these are exactly the things that are scaring those uh, suburban voters away. And Funny thing is, is that what's, it's what gets the biggest cheers from their peanut gallery, and that's what the Trumps are playing to. And I think that's enough to win primaries. It's I not think, enough to win general elections, though. I think Kimberly Gill for was probably the scariest to me at the whole convention, and I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I expected other people to be scary. I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> you know. I, they, and it was recorded. They thought it was a great take. They looked at that and said, nailed it. <laughs> Put it in the queue. And that's his <laughs> girlfriend. Yes. Okay. As they talk about, as they talk about, not, you know, they railed, who was it that railed against nepotism? 
was it Tiffany? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, oh, Pam Bondi. Pam yeah. Bondi. Mm-hmm. Railed against nepotism when half the speakers are named Trump or are uh, having relationships with Trumps. But but the good news is it seems like they're still kind of all over the place. I mean, they don't really. I was talking to someone else the other week. Even when they pick Kamala, you know, one minute she's too much of a prosecutor, the next minute she's too lefty, can be both. They can't, it's like they're looking for something to to stick and it doesn't really work, which again concerns me because in the end, they're probably going to rely on on Russia to pull some kind of trick because they don't, this is not a campaign. The, the White House doesn't function. It's not a function. Yeah, yeah. It's not a functioning campaign. It's just, uh, yeah, their problem is that historically they had this incredible noise machine and they've been able to really uh, focus on one like major issue and turn it into into everybody's focus of attention, like Hillary's emails um, or uh, Bill Clinton's uh, and Monica Lewinsky, like minor events, but they they are whitewater, right? These nothing events and they turn them into like national focus. They can do that. And. Donald Trump was lucky in 2016 that he walked into the Hillary email framework and he just wrote that. Um, His problem though, it's that he can't, he can't focus on any one thing, right? Donald Trump is completely disjointed. And you know, one day Obamacare, uh, Obamagate is the biggest scandal in American history. And then two days later, he's totally forgotten about it and he's rambling about something else. So Fox news are trying to, they're trying to do their part to, to you know, make mountains out of molehills, and they can't because Trump just completely undercuts them every chance. So now, you know, perfect example is that Donald Trump was impeached to try to create this narrative that Hunter Biden did something in the Ukraine. Right? They got one line from Pam Bondi out of it in the convention. Like right. he got impeached over something that they, like Trump himself, couldn't maintain. Yeah. So he's all over the place. He thinks he's a genius, right? He thinks his, his, he's, he's president because he's, he, uh, he knows uh, everything and he's, he's a stable genius. And not, you know, he is president for a million reasons, including it was a referendum on Hillary Clinton, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, nothing seems to stick. So that's a, um, that's a good thing. Well, look, before we go, we haven't talked. So how would you grade the Democratic Convention? Uh, I, I thought it was pretty good. It was actually kind of fantastic. I, maybe I could have done with less Republicans and more I, AOC. Um, there was, there was, um, yeah, there was a little bit too much focus on Republicans. But I mean, again, it just shows you this whole idea that that Democrats and Joe Biden are are beholden to the radical left when this entire convention seemed to be a bunch of <laughs> a parade of Republicans. Yeah. And then you look at the Republican one and it, it's a parade of Trumpkins. Um, I thought the roll call was, was technical and logistical brilliance. Yeah, well. And it was fun. And I, and I remember going like, oh, we got to do 50 states of this. And then halfway through this, I was like, <laughs> oh no, we're, only, we're already halfway done. This thing's amazing. And, uh, and then it really, they, they did something completely brand new. Nobody had ever done this sort of virtual convention. I think this is how you should do it from now on. I think spending $60 million on a convention is, is an utter waste of money when you can actually produce something this 
great. And then what I would do in the post-COVID world is I would have the vice president and the president speak to uh, arena audiences, maybe even in their home states. So that's how you kept it off. But everything else, you don't need, you don't need the, the, the big convention expense and, and all that stuff. And then when you compare it to the Republican one, which quite frankly, I'm surprised to say this, it's been boring. Mm. I mean, yeah, you got a bunch of crazy and you got Kimberly Guilfoyle who's like, whoa, what's going on there? But overall, it's been really, really flat. And I think having those speakers speak to an empty room, it's the same room and it's the same empty room, um, just really makes it look a little sad and flat. And um, monotonous. The fact. Yeah, definitely monotonous. And then you have Trump, you know, sticking his nose every day because God forbid, the, you know, the, the spotlight isn't on him the entire time. And you have it and, uh, and not even getting into the message, right? Just production values, it, it's flat. And then when you get into a message where only Trump can save us from the problems that Trump caused is a rhetorical um, pitfall that nobody's been able to get around. Yeah, I mean the reason everything that we're dealing with right now, Trump has has exacerbated, or created, or made worse. So how can you say he's the only one that can fix stuff when it's literally he's the reason a lot of the stuff is happening? So it makes it really difficult for them to make that case. And and I know, I mean, we've talked about this before. There's there's no such thing as a, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a as a convention bounce. Uh, even in polling in the past, it's it's what's called response bias. The, the team that is more excited at the moment is more likely to respond to polls, and that creates the perception of movement that never existed in the first place. Uh, our polling at Civics is designed to prevent that from happening, and we've seen it flat. And we saw the conventions flat in 2016. Uh, we weren't polling in 2012, so, but. Um, this isn't going to change the shape of the race, which is fine with us, right? We, we're, we're happy that nothing is moving because as long as nothing moves from here to the election, that we can even, we can even lose a few points and still win comfortably. Um, we don't want to because we want, we want to get those stretched Senate and House seats, but we have some cushion. Trump isn't doing anything he needs to do to close that gap. And so that means we're in good shape uh, moving forward. But yeah, Trump's convention is boring. And that's got to be the biggest sin in Trump land, right? Like, that's the only thing he cares about. Well, um, what is he after all now? I mean, with all the deaths due to COVID, it's consistent. The convention is dead, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, production is important. I mean, you and I, well, you're probably more of a Hollywood guy than I am. You're out there in, in that area, at least. But the <laughs> I'm in the North, but... <laughs> right, right, but that's true. I mean, Democratic convention... You saw personality from everyone, you know, even yeah. regular people, even the painful stories. It was, it's like they decided, because they don't think any further than this, let's pick this stale room. And instead of focus on real people, we're going to just do this camera pan of the flag to everybody's right. Because that audience, but it's, it's really so ironic when you look at it, because that flag, I mean, if you really, if you want to get deep into it, and obviously I'm spending too much time at home these days, but if you get deep into it and look at it, I mean, that flag to me just is representative of a flag draped coffin, which is representative Ooh. of all the people who died. You know, there's wow. nothing there. It, it is just looking at the flag, looking at the flag, looking at the flag. And then a couple of people screaming, saying crazy things. 
I, of course, any redemption from Nikki for Nikki Haley is gone since she joined administration. But you remember after Charleston, she you thought she was kind of moving in the right direction. She did Mm -hmm. some things that surprised me. So you say she gives a speech. She said there's no racism in America. Then in the very next sentence, (laughs) talks about her parents and how they were discriminated against. I thought you said there was no racism. So nobody even proofread the speech. So it's crazy. Like I said, I, I'm probably going to have PTSD from Kimberly Guilfoyle for a while. <laughs> that, that was grotesque, I think is the word. The but, best word for <laughs> Yeah, but when you look at message, yeah, not only did Nikki Haley um, contradict herself in literally like the next sentence into, but she couldn't even come to say like, we got rid of the Confederate flag. She's like, we work together to, to remove a symbol of hate. Yeah. Just say it. Right. But they know that if suddenly, oh, she's the one who got rid of the Confederate flag, that the people watching the the convention, that Republican base would be pissed off. So they can't even say that. Mm. So all of it is it's it's a joke and they have to dance around even the good things that they do. They have to dance around and uh, and uh, use other words to try to sort of distract people from what actually happened, because God forbid, she says we got rid of the Confederate flag. Marcos, Melissa's folks, Thursday Coast as always. Glad you're back, buddy. Thank you so much. This Sweet is the stretch run now. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta stay focused and this is it, strong. Yeah. Yep. And folks, as Marcos said, get your ballots early. Start voting now. Yeah. Start right wait. If you can. Not only, not only once you vote too, you can focus on getting your friends and family and coworkers to vote as well early. Right. As long as you have your own ballot hanging over your head, you know, it kind of gets in the way. So vote, get that out of the way, and then urge everybody around you to also vote. This is how we're going to win this thing. And win big enough to take the House, uh, to keep the House, to take the Senate with the margins we need for D.C. and Puerto Rico statehood, and obviously the White House. Yeah. Thank you, Marcos. Thank you. Daily Coast, everybody. DailyCoast.com. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say, 
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.